if I want to be innovating, if I want to be growing, I want to ask myself new questions. If I ask new questions, then something new is going to come out of it. I've learned a lot along the way. Benvenuti a Ciao Bella. I'm your host, Erica Firpo. For the past 20 years, I've made my home in Rome, where I've worked as a journalist contributing to publications including Afar, Washington Post, Lonely Planet, and Travel and Leisure. I love sharing the stories of Italy's pioneering creators, and I'm bringing these stories directly to you on Ciao Bella. Every week, I'm joined by contemporary artists, heritage artisans, designers, culinary experts, innovative estites, and more. At the crossroads of evolution and tradition, the past and the future, they are working and creating to define and redefine 21st century Italy. Join me as we see Italy through their eyes. Lara Gilmore rocks. Hotelier, author, art collector, tastemaker, voracious brainiac, community leader, and dynamic duo with Massimo Bottura. Lara is unstoppable and one of my favorite guests on Ciao Bella. In previous episodes, Lara's joined me to talk about Casa Maria Luigia, her and Massimo's game-changing B&B in Modena, and Il Tortellante, the Modena-based tortellini lab and bottega for special needs young adults. Join me as I head back to Casa Maria Luigia to hear all about slow food fast cars, Lara Massimo's newest book, which deep dives into CML culture. And we get a hint on the many, many more projects she is cooking up. So the book is called Slow Food, Fast Cars, which yes. stories and recipes from Casa Luigia, which really speaks to this whole little microcosm of Modena. Yeah, and I think one of the first, you know, the first essay is This is not Tuscany. <laughs> and it's there not. we go. <laughs> and there we go. This is Emilia Romagna and it's beauty and it's charms and you know, the landscape is changing and, you know, we have to celebrate it. The farmhouses are crumbling. We just can't let it go. We can't abandon it and we have to love it. And the fact that we have this property here is kind of like, we want people to bore testimony to this moment in time and it's still standing and it's still working in the fields and, you know, the things are done in a certain way. And I know all the farmers when I go on my run and, you know, they're, they're tractors and I wave to them and how, you know, amazing is that? came from New York and opened a restaurant and then I ended up here in the middle of nowhere just trying to celebrate it's this be- really humble, reluctant, kind of charming place that is so earnest and so much of the breaded basket of Italy, the it most is- iconic ingredients, these beautiful products, and they're not even like, the Mononesia, where do you find, where do you find a postcard? Like, they're not even, like, <laughs> boasting about it, or, you know what I mean? There's this very sort of, like, get, get on with it. I think they want to keep it to themselves. <laughs> We're not supposed to talk about this. Me. But, uh, but it's really cool to be introducing people to that, to this area, you know? And it's... I think you could do it. Some stories about... And you know what the problem is? And I'll tell you this honestly. The first book... Never just a skinny tiny chef. So important, so conceptual, trying to get everything right. The stories, the mood. I had thought about it for so long and then like, you know, I worked on it for like almost two years, blah blah blah. Of course there's things today do differently, but I know it was like this tome. And then Bread is Gold, a light book, but so important the stories and the message and you know, fighting food waste and all these chefs coming in and they're kind of um, 
experimenting and putting themselves in this kind of challenge of cooking with you know the ingredients that were there a situation and in this book it's a hotel and it's nice yummy things to eat and it's kind of soft and fluffy and warm and fuzzy and I kind of the, the inner side of me is like it's not intense enough it's not like conceptual it's not like enough about you know what I mean but then I'm like you know what people come to a hotel they want to like have fun and they want to have yummy things and, and they want to see art and they want to be cozy and so I just told a lot of stories about how we put it together how we found the property, um, not trying to be like a design book, but you know, some funny art stories, and um, there's a little bit of humor in there, there's a little bit of, you know, stories about me, Massimo, and um, just how, how we made it happen, so. That's what I, you know, I, I saw. I don't know, I don't know if it's gonna work or not. It is a cookbook, tons of recipes, easy recipes. Photos are beautiful. And then in the middle, there's this, um, Peace on Toledolza, so a precursor to Gato Verde. Maybe Gato Verde would be more called its own cookbook, but sort of where it came from and how it started and the ideas that make this place what it is. I think you do a great job. I think, and I, I feel like every time we come here, um, we find something new. We find, I mean, what you know, whether it's the cherries, because if you come, you know, every if you you know if you come in September, there's some aside from. The parmigiano and the prosciutto and, and the balsamico that's always here, which is always amazing, and the brusco. But then we'll find something new every single time. Yeah, like it's just in the orchard, it's like I have all these apples. I have a tree full of apples. Are they the most delicious apples in the world? Well, I but this know. morning at but, breakfast they were. Okay, good. good, good oh, good, good, they good. were delicious. Okay, good, 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 good. Like the I baked ones in the in yes, the I I okay. love baked apples. Okay, and I said to Doris, I said this is the best baked apple I've ever had. Oh yay! Because and because it, it wasn't like it, it hit all the right. It had a little sweet, the cinnamon. I mean, it was just baked perfection. That was like, when I, whenever I, if I, if I do, if I go out for breakfast in Rome, I always, I'm like, is there qualcosa con mela? I always ask for something with apple. And so when I had that, I was like, oh, it made me feel so at home. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed, but we have like more and more vegetables and fruit and Thanks. trying to keep that going. And just, you know, that idea that breakfast is like, it's such an important meal and, you know, let's... Just, I don't know. I do sports just to get up breakfast here. I really do. Can I tell you that I was, I was saying this to Darius this morning. I think that when I, the first time I had breakfast here, which I think was four years ago, um, it actually really changed my mind about how I eat breakfast. Because, like I said, I'm a sweet tooth. You came in 2.20. Wasn't that the first time you guys was came? Was it 2.20? Was it just yes. after the pandemic? That's that, Yeah, it was 2.20. It was like just, June yeah. for your birthday. Yeah, it was just after the and pandemic. And I remember because we went out, we went downtown Modena, yeah. and you were like, oh my God, it's so lively here compared yeah. to Rome. It's like people are on the street yeah, because and people everybody's are out outside. Yeah. Everyone is socializing. And it was hot, it was great, and then I had breakfast, and... And I and I said to, I said to Doris this morning I said I think it really changed how I think about like it in a in a really good way how I think about my breakfast and what I want to eat and mm -hmm. the the things I want to you know it, as you know I mean maybe not eating maybe the cotechino every single day isn't the best idea which you know I I, I dedicated a podcast post to that cotechino and last night by the way I was like oh no I have another cotechino the one with the isn't with, that amazing I love that cotechino it's addictive. It's addictive. With the the sour flavor of the <laughs> sangue di drago, the I plum know. sauce. It was like, 
I was like, I was like, Darius, I have another podcast I have to do. I'm Kotakino. <laughs> More Kotakino. Uh, it's and, and it's so so funny because this morning he looks at me, he's like, you're, and I was like, I'm having, I'll take your Kotakino too. <laughs> Uh, but I do have to say, it really, I started really thinking a different way about about how I'm eating breakfast, <laughs> and and it and it definitely like kind of it's transformed my, my my breakfast mentality. Oh, good, 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 good. It was time that Italy got like a breakfast, you know, shuffling. Like, oh, it definitely differently. Like, okay, yes, definitely. we have our brioches and everything. How good they, as however good they can be. There's so many other amazing flavors that, why say wait for lunch? You know, let's start now. <laughs> you know what I was thinking when I was, I was walking over to Gatsby last night? I was thinking to myself how every single time that I've come to visit you, there's always something new. You're on to the next night. And it's really fascinating for me because, you know, I was kind of, last, last night I couldn't sleep. And so I just like started doing what I do best, which is make notes. <laughs> and. I mean, I started making this list and I was like, okay, restaurateur, marketing genius, book author, mm-hmm. hospitality. I mean, it, and it was like social work. I mean, it was like going on and on. And, and you know, so, you know, no, that, don't, uh, don't make that list. It, well, it's a lot, yeah, exactly. Excuse but me. It's a long list and then a lot of different projects and then like, like the over, and then we add that overlap running a business and then traveling so much. And, but it does not fail that every time I come here, I find something new, I find a new project. Last night we took a walk around and we were like, wait a minute. Yeah. There's we a whole back area. Yeah, we and the opened mound. it up. I'm building a, like a little change in that area back there. And then this is the house that's the next project. Yeah. That's going to be in October. But um, you're going to start in October or it's going to be open by October? No, I start working on it in October. And it'll be done it'll by be November. By <laughs> no, exactly. Hopefully June. Um, but, you know, I'm already. Breakfast is going to be a little bit different. Not what we serve, but how we serve it. I'm going to move it over to this this house here. So um, you'll go out of the courtyard. There'll be an opening in the hedge. And then right with opening the hedges, I don't know if you saw it, but I should take you over. We have a sculpture of Pinocchio. So breakfast is go through the door and then at Pinocchio, go left. Okay, go so right. You know what I mean? So last night... When we were leaving the restaurant, when we were leaving Gato Verde, which I kind of like, I, I, I don't want to call it a restaurant as much as it's to me like an experience. Um, um, we were leaving and it's 11.30 at night and it's dark and there's like a little bit of fog coming in and I looked to my left and I saw a giant Pinocchio and I don't know if you remember this, when Charlie was younger and he was like, and I told him the only thing I'm afraid of in life mm. and he teased me so much. It's Pinocchio. <laughs> so I saw this monster Pinocchio and I was like, well, Darius, I have to go. <laughs> and he's like, no, don't you want to see the sculpture? I'm like, I can't, I'm not at night. I was like, that's a one day. I won't sleep. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing it in the daytime. So I, walk, I will walk there, right? Yeah, 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 well, okay, Um So the idea of like this Pinocchio playfulness. Um, Who's I'm gonna, the, I'm going to copy the American Academy. Have you seen? American Academy in Rome, where they do their dining, there's that bay hedged in kind of space, and it has a big door. Yeah. I'm going to make one of those doors so that I keep the hedge here, dividing the properties, but there's just this door that's open, and you basically get in front of the courtyard where there's the Babo by Kia, and then you're just going to go enter that way. 
so that you don't have to go out on the pavement anymore where the cars are. Once you're in the property, you can just kind of wind around. You Which, know what I mean? By the way, it's not bad walking over there because all of a sudden you like you get the vineyard, you the vendemia. <laughs> it smells really good. Um, today we're not doing the vendemia because it's going to rain, but they started mendemiare, getting all of our like can I, chefs in the kitchen. And I saw on your Instagram that you said at Aceto di Balsamico. Are you also making wine as well? No, just at the Siacetto. It's for the Mostocotto. Okay, and you have 1,300 barrels, is that? Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Is, mm-hmm. is, that, is, that gonna be, is that completely separate from Villa, was it Villa Manadori? Mm-hmm. So, Villa Manadori, we started making, basically when we opened up Austria Francescana, and we've always made it in, um, you know, um, more of like a production warehouse, not meant to be. We didn't have a villa, an apartment. Um, we didn't have a place that was one of those historical places to make it. And um, now we're bringing everything together and seeing how to bring the production of Villa Monitor here because there isn't that much space because there were already these 1,400 barrels extra old balsamic vinegar, like the extra old ones. But the Manadori is a blend. It's a blend of extra old and younger vinegar. And so you have this product that's really great to use every day, marinating, salads, you know. Mm-hmm. As much as I love extra old balsamic vinegar, it's not something I want to use every single day. And it's not great for cooking. I know it's so... Uh, it changes really good on that the frittata. temperature. Yeah, it's great on the frittata. <laughs> I mean, it's great to drizzle on things. So, yeah, you know, I um, so we might eventually move Villa Manadori here. There are a lot of logistics that are involved in that because the bottling and the shipping is a whole different quantity okay. compared to the balsamic vinegar. We bottle, we have a bottling machine, we take care of all everything on property. So, a big part of the work that we did when we bought the property last. Um, end of June, July, not only like doing a facelift, painting it green and, you know, putting better lighting in where you go up and visit the barrels, but the bottling area was needed like major investment. Um, Also, where we keep the Mostocotto, we now have refrigerated three different cylinders because you get the grapes, you press them. And you want to keep them at temperature until you're able to boil them. But there's so much, the vineyard is is large. So, you know, it's like a holding tank because otherwise it starts to change and ferment from the minute that you press it. Mm -hmm. If you don't put it under temperature, it like starts to make this transformation. So anyway, we invest in that and the bottling. And then we got all that space in Gato Verde because we cleaned out the old barn and you know it was just filled with junk and we're like okay let's activate the space here and give this wonderful brunch feeling mood that we love try to translate it into a restaurant and you know we just opened so we're it's going to take a while to figure out the outdoor deck there you know originally it was supposed to be covered and then I was like I don't know if I want to cover it maybe I'll put some umbrellas up but I don't know if I want a big heavy well, I, I love the open sky. Last night I was looking at all the constellations. I mean it was it was like it was like a show. It was just it was quiet. Also because you know there's it's there's no sound. There's no sound here. You can see all the stars. 
I mean, it was that was the show for me. Right it's very dark. I know. Massimo keeps saying, "You need more light. You need more lights." So I'm like, I don't know. It's not good for the bugs. It's not good for the insects, the pollinators. It's polluting. I'm like, well, I like to keep the lights really low. Yeah, you get a little bit lost. I mean, no, some signs, but it's kind of like when you're in the countryside to do that. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you liked it. Did you have the pasta arsa? That the pasta that was like almost a pre-dessert. It's the is it yes, the grain, the, yeah, that we, sort we, of we, ancient we, grain. We they the yeah, they said they're not lentiquia, and it had like three levels underneath mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. and it was kind of you know it was funny because it's sweet and savory yeah. and. And I've never, I've never ever used the, this terminology for food, but the transition from that and then to that like granita. Okay, I was, love the granita. It was like it was amazing because the the pasarcha, archa is that what it's called? Arsa. Arsa. I think it's a Sardinian. It's kind of like it's not a grain like bulgur. It actually is a pasta that's made. That's what they. But were it's doing. made with this particular kind of. Um, multi-cereal grain so it's got this very intense old ancient grain feeling to it it and was flavor it was it it's was intense it was really delicious and the flavor combination was like unexpected but at the same time it's so comforting okay it was such a good segue into them you get to see what she's thinking exactly how they're like imagining it and there are people who love the dessert and people who don't love dessert it's not an easy dessert the pink, the gray, oh, the, 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 the rose moon. Yeah, it's moon. The, the gray moon. Wait, the pink moon, but yeah. then it's gray, and then it's like the caviar and the raspberry. and That was so it's, it's complicated. It's really complicated. So for me, even segueing with the, the pasta arsa, like I, when I think of anything, I, 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 my sweet butt tastes right, like right, sweet. Right. But I, I, I really liked I really like the, the, the rosette. I don't know, it's not a rosette, it's called... But it was like a rose, yeah, I don't it's, remember what it's called. It's, exactly. like, it's like moon rose, I think, because mm-hmm. we were talking about rose, pink, pink, dra- yeah, pink, pink moon, yeah. Drake, and then it changed, and... Um, and by the way, the, the thing, as you know... Isn't it beautiful, so the kitchen, to see them uh, there? The kitchen, yeah. It's like, you, you have that whole like walk-in kitchen, it's amazing. I mean, it's like, it's like a... It looks like um, a tableau vivant, a tableau vivant, you know, like yeah. like a painting. But when they reenact paintings, I love it because it's sort of old-fashioned looking with the fire behind it. When you look at like old, you know, pictures of people with their, you know, cooking out of the embers and things like that. But then it's so contemporary. We want to promote young talent and give them room and give them space and give them a voice and a flavor. And every single chef is different. You know, go to Cavallino and there's. Virginia and Ricardo, they both have become like co-chefs. We decided that sous chef and chef, it was better to make them both the head chefs, curl and boy. Kind of the way, uh, I don't know, good gesture is sort of working that way too, even though it's not official. But in Cavallino, we, we made this decision because Virginia is so much better at personal handling of the team, working with them, much more communicative, and Ricardo is old school chef. Need that too, but together, great combination. They work really well. Um, I do think it's, I, well, actually I think that was the other thing, like I, as I said, it's like a tableau vivant, but it's also amazing because, especially with these new, like the show, um, The Bear, I don't know if you got to see right. that. Beautiful, like, like 
harmonized, really balanced group of people working together. It's fascinating to see how they work in a kitchen and the timing that, and the intensity. I'm given like a first, not a front row into how they work together. It was really, really nice to see. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we have to think also about, I think the world has changed. We have to make spaces. So if you go back in that kitchen, every, we tried to make every single part of the kitchen a beautiful space. And if you go back in the kitchen, like I went back in the kitchen of the um, Langham Hotel and Michelle Rue is the chef there, it's just an ugly kitchen. It's like an ugly hotel kitchen. There's so many ugly back of house, greasy, Jessica tells me about when she travels around the world and goes and they do events and they're in these like really ugly kitchens. And I think, you know what? You're working. Those are the hours you have a person like working for you. How can they make beautiful food if they're not in a space that feels clean and beautiful? And you know what I mean? Yes, they have to be functional kitchens. I'm not putting wallpaper on the walls, but like make them spaces that are inspiring. Make people feel like, oh, I'm at, I work in a place that, you know, feels really, really good. I think that's been... It's a new thing, but I think it's really important. I think you guys have been really great at making that, that idea of community and making your team feel really good. I think you guys have been very pioneering with that. Um, it's so important. It's so important. It's not just, you know, because you have to keep people on your staff. You know what I mean? Now people are like, oh, well, you can't treat the barista like shit um, anymore. You know, oh, you're lucky to have a job. You have to kind of... I'm like, but we never treated people like shit. Like, well, why should anybody be treated like shit? Like, it doesn't matter what your cleaning rooms, your, you know, helping with the gardening, your young chef coming into the kitchen. Why should anyone be treated like shit? Nobody. Nobody should. And, and I think that also, I think that is that translates here as like as the guest. Like, you're creating a really lovely space for the people that you work with that then spreads out to the guests that are here. I overheard someone say, oh, goodbye, we'll see you next year. Oh, looking forward to seeing you again. Like, everybody, you know, has probably the same feeling that I have, which is, like, I'm coming home. Yeah, you know, I and like I think that. that's... And I think that's also what you do with your kitchens. Also opening them up so that you can kind of see behind the I scenes. I love it. I love it. And the new space for the kitchen, I'm going to move over there, the breakfast kitchen, is going to be a little bit less dining room and more living room Ooh. with tables at breakfast, but also, you know, you want to sit at a lounge sofa and have your breakfast there so that the rooms are also used not just for breakfast. And with this idea that you can kind of look into the kitchen and see the chefs like, you know, preparing the breakfast and what they're doing. So I don't know if this is going to pass with the team because I have this imagination of it and maybe they're in like, Laura. It's not realistic. It's not going to happen. But that house is designed in a way that has some back spaces that we can, you know, have our big walk-in refrigerators and all that kind of stuff and pantry that maybe, you know, you don't necessarily want the guests to be there and see. But then these other spaces that I want it to feel like just this big cozy house with the fireplace and, you know, the breakfast is there and it's literally that we're the wood burning oven is here I'm going to make another passageway because the breakfast is like right there so that there's this sense of guests walking that way our team can can do everything connected here and just make it more even more of um like a living breathing experience you know so we'll see I don't think this does anybody ever say Lara these ideas aren't going to fly they never say that to you your ideas are great 
Well, sometimes it's like I, I imagine things and then they're not realistic. So I'm starting to have like a once a week meeting with the breakfast team, F&B team, Jessica in there. My money, my son, because we always will say no, but he's <laughs> be like the last, he's like the last beach I have to arrive at. Um, I don't know, I just want to have fun and imagine, like, it's not fun for me to do the same thing that I did a year ago. And I also feel like <laughs> if I want to be innovating, if I want to be growing, I want to put my, I want to ask myself new questions. If I ask new questions, then something new is going to come out of it. I've learned a lot along the way, so maybe every room won't be a different color, but maybe they will, you know what I mean? In one hand, I'm like, well, that's, that's time consuming, and then, you know, the painters always are coming in and fixing, like, what color is room for, what color is this, it's stressful, and, you know, maybe it's better that way, because it keeps it so lively and unexpected, and every time you come, there's like a different, I don't know what room you guys are in, I didn't ask. We're in the top. <gasps> yeah. It's a lot of fun, yeah. We love it. And it's, you know, you're right. Every every time you come, if you stay in a different room, which I like to do, <laughs> it's a totally different personality. And it's like, and you, I feel like kind of like I get a different personality too, okay. which is, you know, like, I don't know. Like, it could be like, I could be like maybe, because also it's this, this is the beginning of fall. It's the first day. Yeah, I'm kind of changing. I'm kind of changing. I'm always changing. Like, I come back from my vacation at the end of the summer. I take those last two weeks, usually in August, and I go to Colorado, see my mom, do some... And, and before I leave, I have this moment of nostalgia, like my last swim in the pool. Even though I'll probably go swim. I'm, you know, I will, but it's not the same. Like, your swim in August is not the same when you come back in September. It's just summer is over and you move into like a whole other fate I move into like a whole other me I do too functional what am I doing where am I going what's happening how am I going to pull this together you know like the rush until Christmas you know I have like from now to December oh my god I don't even and it's like you know what I mean so like get get so much done we'll see what happens next time I come back because we'll be we'll be on the next iteration I I have have a question uh, about Gato Verde I was reading somewhere they described Gato Verde as sustainable, ethically, and aesthetically. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because I know that that's yeah. a big word, but I do know that you guys have a lot of different initiatives. Like I know when I saw the kitchen, just the fact that Jess, when she, when she showed me the, um, the kappa, the, the, the stove, I guess, and she was like, yeah. she's like, we got this in Florence. It's like a hundred year old company. It's one of the best companies, yeah, you know, universal. So which we decided not to go with like the Jasper or some, you know, made in Norway kind of grill. We're like, let's see what we can get in Italy. And the, the Forno is made in Modena. The mom, I saw that. It's made in Modena. And then, you know, I think what we did this time is we thought about like how even the outdoor decking, there's this special grout that um, the, between the, the stones that drains and then underneath it's not cement it's all layers of gravel oh so with this kind of compact gravel cushion I don't know what it's called so instead of putting cement we did gravel then this cushion and then we did the tiles on top of that with this draining so the um, the um, what is it called? The grout. Yeah, the grout that's indoors is different than the grout outdoors, so that it can literally go through. And we put cistern in it underwater to collect 
water, and that water is used for irrigating that part of the property. So we're not going to well water, we're not like doing that. Wow. Um, solar panels on the roof. Uh, we had never done that. Like, I would just, I don't know, with this house, I felt a little anxious about adding too many new things, mm -hmm. like new technologies, because it was an old house. But that was just like an empty, you know, Barn. 1960s barn or 1930s, I don't even know when it was from, cement, you know, it, had, it was just like a shell. So at that point, we had to add everything. So why don't we try to do something innovative that we had never done before? We even have this machine that takes the smoke from the wood-burning oven and the Universo, and it like cleans it out so that we're not pushing into the sky, you know, directly the, um, the, 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 the smoke from burning wood, which, you know, it's lovely and it smells good and everything, but it's not so great for the atmosphere. Right. I think Jess mentioned, she was saying, we're lucky because creating that, you guys had the choice from the beginning to say, how can we do this better? Like you're saying, always asking yourself that question. Yeah, and how to do things a little bit differently. Of course, we have refrigerators, we have air conditioning, we have heating. Um, it's not as if like we did a build up from the ground up where we could say like, okay, thermal, dynamic, what... It's the best we could do. We tried to do the best we could do, and then we'll see where it goes. I mean, restaurants. I think that they it's are, impossible. They have the huge carbon footprint. You know? It's impossible. And we really try to be very good about not wasting, especially food, water, all those. Well, kinds that of gravel elements, thing is, is that is super clever. It's I, super cool. Yeah, I think I would. I, I would love to see what um, what the design like. I would like to you know like um. What the layers look yeah, like? That's, I have some pictures maybe of that's, how we did that's it as, really cool. as we went. Um, yeah, because there's like a big issue about rainwater. So the driveway was already asphalted. It already had asphalt mm -hmm. on it. Um, because I thought about like, okay, can we get rid of all the asphalt and I'm just going to do this like dry earth kind of come back to the parks in Paris. Right. You know? That becomes mud, it's right? It's going to be like puddle, mud, yeah. clay. You know, it's hard because you don't want to like have cement and asphalt everywhere. And this is great, the porphido, but like very hard to maintain for big, big surfaces. Right. They're always like coming up because that drains really well. The, this is called porfido? Yeah, it's oh. the porfido, those little ones. Like I would call them San Pietrini. <laughs> yeah, San Pietrini, and they, you know, there's like a tiny bit of cement mixed with the, right. the sand just to keep the sand stable. Right. But it just rains and goes right and down. down. Right yeah. down, exactly. Yeah, but you don't want to eat on that really because it's like. It's a little unbalanced, I guess. It's unbalanced, mm -hmm. and it's. Like, this was our first attempt, you know? And then I think, you know, it's hard. I look at Francescano and I think, how am I going to be able to transfer all these things that I'm learning and growing and doing here and bring them back to Francescana when it's such an old building, we're kind of crunched in there, you know what I mean? It's like we don't have much room, we don't, you know, how to add special machines and things like that. Like we're already trying to figure out how we can change or make that better or more, you know, consume less and, and it's just, it's hard when it's in an old building like that, so... Same. I wanted to ask you, I mean, I saw you working out this morning. You just move around a lot. You, and I mean, even <laughs> conceptually. And I want to ask you how you do that. Because I, I, I get exhausted. 
<laughs> just thinking about it. I'm like, because you, you're changing mindsets too, you know, because you're thinking Gato Verde, yeah. then you're thinking hospitality for Casmaria Leach. So it's like one step at a time. You know what? I used to stress and want everything perfect all the time, like perfectly done. Now I'm in a phase where I'm like, oh, let me just start. Let's just start. And then we'll figure it out as we go along and, you know, we'll fix the courtyard. And, you know what I mean? And it's okay not to have it, you know, I feel like embarrassed that that house is that color. I would have painted it immediately. I don't like that yellow. On the other side, I painted the shutters, but I didn't get time to paint the shutters here. But I'm like, well, you know, we're a little bit imperfect right now. And the people see that we're a work in progress and that things are growing and changing and moving. And I think it's important. I think it's important too. I like Perfection that. is so overrated. It's just too much of a stress. It's not, it's, you don't need it. Yeah, and for what? Like, nothing's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. Also, I a great, I always say a great mistake is a great opportunity, you know? And so, or, you know, it's just if, you, I, I don't know, it's not even a mistake. I mean, just, uh, I can't, I don't like perfection because I could never achieve it. Yeah, I'm not, maybe that's I don't it. Have, that's, maybe I, that's it. Well, no, it's, it's just, I don't have that patience. I, I just want to have fun. I want to, I want to try to do a great job, you know? And try new things. Like, I keep saying, try new things, try new things, try new things. Keep playing, keep playing. That goes back to what I said every single time I come here. It's something new. And it's so much fun talking to you about that. Thank you. Thank you, Lara, and everyone at Casa Maria Luigia and the Francescana family for making this episode happen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ciao Bella. The editor of Ciao Bella is Mastro. Production manager is Jenna Spray. If you're new to Ciao Bella, take a peek at ciaobella.co, our all-encompassing Italy-focused website, where you'll find insider insight on contemporary Italy. And sign up for our newsletter for new episodes and articles. Follow me on Instagram at Erica Firpo, and follow Ciao Bella on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Leave us a rating or comment. Ciao, ciao.